Hey, fitness humans. Welcome to Wave Talks episode seven. Today, we are talking about sitting as the new smoking. There are a lot of studies that have come out over the past few years that equate sitting for extended periods of time to smoking. And of course, sitting is something that we can't get away from in the daily, uh, you know, in our workday, in our entertainment, in the evenings, especially right now during lockdown, because there's not a lot to do if you're in a place that you can't go and do a lot of stuff. And during winter. And during winter. How inconvenient lockdown. So looking at one example of these types of studies is uh, from a website called Science Daily talking about a L. Sevier Health Sciences study that was done that looked at sitting for longer than three hours at a time. And this study suggested in the end that daily sitting is linked to 3.8% of all-cause deaths. Now, that doesn't mean that 3.8% of people are dying because they are sitting, but what it is saying is that changes from sitting, negative health consequences from sitting for a long time, lead to this 3.8% statistic that is, is being noted here. And that's something that we should really kind of read into a little bit more, because hearing that it's a cause makes me instantly think of somebody who's just sitting in a chair and the detectives come and they're like, oh, this person died from sitting. That doesn't exactly make sense to say that it was the cause. That was the X-Files. You got to do a better Scully than that. <laughs> or Mulder. Don't let, really, don't let me limit you. Like people will look at that and be like, oh no, I can't sit anymore. But let's, let's really dig deep into that. Yeah, this isn't about scaring you into, you know, jumping out of your seat right now and exercising. Unless you are exercising while you're listening to this podcast and then trying to exercise harder because you're scared by what we're saying. This should be empowering to you to be more active in your health simply by being aware of the positions that you're in and how you're spending time at work and at home. There are really simple things that you can do like just shifting in the seat, finding more reasons to get up, right? Drink more water so you have to pee more, I guess. But make sure you're moving for 30 seconds every time you get up at least because all of those small breaks, they add up. We've talked about this before. The higher number of breaks equals higher benefits, even if they're just short breaks at a time. And especially now when we are subject to sitting for such long periods of time because it is the winter and we are in a lockdown. So there's a lot of reasons to be sitting for long periods of time. So just make sure you get up, you walk around, do laps in your cell, I mean your apartment, and keep on moving. It's funny that you mentioned the water comment you know, try to drink more water so you get up to go to the bathroom more often because I've had a handful of clients tell me in the past that they actually avoid to actively drink water during the day so they don't have to get up to go to the bathroom constantly at work, which makes you think a little bit about the water-sitting relationship. But let's delve a little bit more into sitting and smoking and how they may be similar or dissimilar. But like Cam said, we really kind of want to look into these articles a little bit more and really analyze, is sitting and smoking even a comparable concept? Sitting is something that's innate to the human body. We're allowed to sit. Our bodies are created in order to sit. That's why our knees bend forward. That's why we're allowed to sit cross-legged. That's why we're able to squat. 
Smoking is not something that's innate. It'd be really interesting if a baby just popped out smoking a cigarette. This is not something that naturally occurs. This is a choice, this is a, a chemical compound that we ingest that causes changes to us chemically and physically. Sitting is just something that occurs more often in our new world in the last, you know, 50, 50 years. People are sitting for a lot longer periods during the day, and this is, this is causing some changes in our tissue. This is causing some physical changes. But that doesn't mean that standing all day is good for you either. What we're really trying to say is that a change in position is what's gonna give you the healthiest tissue possible. So try to remember that sitting is not the new smoking. Sitting is just another hurdle that we have to try to overcome. We don't wanna do it so often that it changes our tissues in a way that is not optimal. Variety is the spice of life after all. So what do we do next? So here Jess is talking about movement, which is great. This is what we're going for. But going from one extreme to the other can end up causing some problems. So if you are the person who's a weekend warrior who works and sits all day long and then immediately transitions and jumps into a high intensity workout with heavy lifting, it's fast paced, there's lots of volume, you're kind of going from tightness and stiffness to full ranges of motion that require tightness and stiffness under load like barbell squatting, high level calisthenics it doesn't give you a lot of room for error and it can cause you to overstress or overdo it on your muscles and joints. So keeping yourself moving gently, more frequently, like by taking those little breaks, helps take care of your joints, ligaments, cardio system, all that blood flow is really helpful for the body. So you could also take time before your workouts if you aren't able to get as many breaks in the day so that you can warm up, lubricate the joints so they're safe and prime for heavy lifting. But if you can get through that throughout the day, it's going to give you that much more support so that you can train healthier for longer in your life. One of the correlations between sitting is waist circumference. So in relation to weight loss, Technically, more frequent movement can lead to a smaller waist circumference if we're just looking at that one factor. But we have to remember correlation is not causation. It doesn't mean because you're sitting all day or sitting frequently means that you're a larger person because you can be a small person and sit all day and you can be a large person and be active all day. So what's really important to take away here from a lot of the correlations that we're hearing about sitting is that it can be really helpful to just take regular breaks from whatever activity or position you are doing frequently. It really means the correlations that we're trying to take away from sitting less frequently is that you're taking care of yourself, that you're being mindful about how you spend your time and you're checking in with your mind and body on a regular basis. That's the real correlation for people who sit less often, live healthier lives. And then when we sit for long periods, we can end up with that tightness which leads to pain and injuries and chronic pain and regular injuries that are usually caused by the muscular imbalances that come with sitting for these long stretches. So let's talk about what those types of imbalances are called and what you can do to change them. We'd like to just reiterate that we're gonna talk about some of the physical symptoms that come from sitting, being muscle tightness, discomfort, there's a lot of things that correlate with sitting causing issues with lifestyle and health. So keep in mind that we're focusing now on the physical components. 
So we're going to talk about upper and lower cross syndrome now, which is the common name given to all of these things that we're talking about as a result of sitting. The doctor that is credited with this research is Dr. Vladimir Yanda, who coined these terms upper crossed and lower crossed syndrome to describe the common issues that are attributed to sitting for long periods of time and doing repeated tasks. So think about things that you do in the day, especially when you're in your workday. Our bodies adapt really well to the circumstances. If you get an injury that changes your abilities, the body can adapt and keep going, which is pretty phenomenal. But that can be an issue when that adaptation is sitting and mousing on a computer or, you know, playing a video game or something like that. So let's break down what each of these is. What is upper crossed syndrome? You may have heard of upper cross syndrome. You might have heard of it called proximal or shoulder girdle crossed syndrome as well. But upper cross syndrome occurs when the muscles of the neck, shoulders, and chest become overstressed, usually as a result of poor posture. The muscles that are typically the most affected are the upper and lower trapezius and the levator scapula, which are the muscles of the shoulder and neck. They become extremely strained. Then the muscles in the front of the chest and neck, the SCM, neck flexors, and pecs, become tight and shortened. Then the muscles in the front of the chest and neck, SCM, neck flexors, and pecs, become tight and shortened. When these muscles are overactive, the levator scap and traps, as well as surrounding muscles, are underused and become weak and lengthened. The overactive muscles on the front become shortened. The overactive and underactive muscles make an X shape to try to make the structure stable in weakness. This all can lead to headaches, neck pain, chest tightness and anxiety, difficulty reaching overhead, pain across the shoulder blades, poor shoulder rotation, shoulders rounding forward, the dreaded cervical hump, forward head position, and other complications. So we want to talk more about how to fix that later. But first, let's find out what lower crust syndrome is. So lower cross syndrome is essentially very similar to upper cross syndrome, but now we're talking about the hips instead of the shoulders and neck. There are still imbalances that are happening of muscles being constantly shortened and muscles being constantly lengthened in relation to each other. There's often overactivity of the hip flexors and lumbar extensors, so that would be the front of your hip bones and your low back to mid back. And there's underactivity and weakness of the deep abdominal muscles on the front side of the body, meaning that you're actually getting weak lower abdominal muscles and your hip flexors are often taking over. You'll also see a lengthening of gluteus maximus and medius and a shortening of the hamstrings on the posterior side, causing a lot of tightness. This results in what we call an anterior tilt of the hip. So if you put your hands on your hip bones and you think of almost booty popping, let's use that term, you'll actually feel your hip bones drop down and your low back actually go into a little bit of compression. This is really common in a constant seated posture and it can lead to dysfunction at the core level, it can lead to a reduction in your capacity to actually use your glutes and it can lead to low back pain or difficulty with your stride when you're walking and you're feeling your hip flexor stretch. So if you're feeling any of those things, then you might be having a little bit of lower crossed syndrome. So what can we do about this? I'm so glad you asked, Jess. 
Luckily for all of you, we have videos on our YouTube channel addressing how to combat the effects of upper and lower cross syndrome. So they are exactly for what we've been talking about. So those will be able to get you started on how to alleviate any pain and discomfort that you might be getting from this. In the videos, we're showing you some strengthening and stretching exercises to help restore that function in your muscles and help to realign the posture. What you can also do beyond those videos to help with upper and lower cross syndrome are moving more often, just like Jess and Cam have talked about, um, getting up for those breaks. And you wanna look for postural alignment. So this usually means we need to open up and stretch the chest and the front of the shoulders, and then strengthen and tighten the back and the back of the shoulders. So this means we're working the posterior line. So we're also gonna have some back exercise videos on our YouTube channel, and then we're stretching the anterior line to open everything up. In addition to stretching those tight spots, we also need to work on strengthening them because tight does not always equal strong. So if you're someone who has chronically tight pecs or hip flexors, you may have noticed that just continuing to stretch them doesn't completely eliminate that tightness. It generally tends to come back. So without bringing strength to that tightened area, those muscles will continue to tighten up after every stretch session. So make sure to contact us to get started on a custom program to deal with this stuff and any other issues you might be dealing with, as well as working on your fitness goals. We can help you work on healing those issues at the same time that you're working on those fitness goals so you can continue to train for a long time without having to take breaks for injuries that maybe some of those issues may have caused in the past. And if you're listening to this podcast and it sounds like a lot of information that isn't making a lot of sense, check out our YouTube videos. They're there, they're free. You don't really need to understand what exactly it's fixing, but if you're getting some of these symptoms we've talked about, do the videos, go through them, ask us questions. You can comment on the videos, email us, threewayfitness at gmail.com. Threewayfitness.com is our website. You can get to our email there as well. Follow us on social media, DM us there. We're here to offer lots of free tips. Uh, we're also happy to offer you more than free tips if you wanna pay us, but that's totally up to you. <laughs> we're here for you. You can be here for us. We're all in this together, right? And in the meantime, get up and move. <laughs>